When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sports Legends of the Carolinas. I'm Scott Fowler, your host, and a sports columnist for the Charlotte Observer since 1994. And today, I'm delighted to have Coach Dawn Staley here with us. And, of course, Staley's five-year-old gray-and-white Havanese rescue dog named Champ, who's become a star in his own right. Winning isn't I score more points than you. Winning is to be able to... To, to be in a space when when things are stacked against you and you really don't care. Your approach is you're going to find a way. When in doubt, go to your go-to, Don Staley. We're visiting with Coach Staley in Columbia, South Carolina, inside the USC women's basketball offices where all sorts of rare memorabilia is on display, including Staley's collection of Olympic gold medals and the trophies commemorating South Carolina's national championships in 2017 and 2022. Staley, who is 52, has been the women's basketball head coach for the Gamecocks since 2008, and her teams have made the Final Four in four of the past seven NCAA women's basketball tournaments. John Staley with her national championship. God, this does not happen without, without him. Before Staley made such a big impact on coaching, she grew up in Philadelphia, starred at the University of Virginia, and won three Olympic gold medals as a hard-nosed point guard on the U.S. national team. She would later coach that same team to a fourth gold medal. She was also a three-time WNBA All-Star playing for the Charlotte State. Staley puts it in. But that time they go to their key player, Dawn Staley. Dawn Staley, next on Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Welcome, Coach Staley, to the show. Thank you, Scott. I, I have to say that I've always seen your little your little profile picture on your article, so you look very familiar. But I've I've known you since um since um spending some time in uh in Charlotte. That's right. That's right. Well, why don't we start there? Uh, I yes, I've been there long enough, and my little two inch picture was running in the Charlotte Observer for a long time, as you mentioned, and. Uh, long enough that I covered the WNBA when the Charlotte Sting was there, and you were one of their stars. I particularly remember the 2001 season where y'all went all the way to the championship game. Um, but there were some rough moments, certainly, for that franchise, too. What what do you remember about your, I guess it was about six years at the Charlotte Sting? Um, I, I only remember great times. Like I only remember like the friendships, the locker room talk, the dinners, the um, traveling, and just really enjoying the people that I was on the team with. Like, we had an incredible relationship. Um, we didn't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, we, you know, we know each other now. And we we often uh, times we reminisce. I was just on a, on a podcast with um, Allison uh, Feaster. Mm-hmm. They call it Charlie down here in the South. <laughs> um, so we reminisced about, you know, a number of things. Charlotte Smith, um, she just texted me last week. I think she's putting on some type of golf tournament. 
So I'm going to send her some um, some items to support her. Um, and it's, I just remember, and it's not a lot about basketball, but when we do talk about basketball, we do talk about starting 1-10 and 10 and then going all the way to the WNBA championship um, series when, when everybody counted us out. But during that season, during that season, we again, in the locker room, it would never feel like we were like a 1-10 in 10 team. It just felt like we were going to hit our stride because we were losing probably about a basket or two or less. And we knew we had a great team. We just weren't getting the results that we wanted. But there was always time. It was all we, we built a, a deficit of a 1-10 in 10 record. It only took, you know, winning eight games to get you back in playoff contention. So we ended up, I think we ended up winning going 17-4 in our last 21 right. games. Tonight, the Sparks hosting the Charlotte Sting here at Staples Center. Right, and got and one went all the way through the playoffs and then played uh, Lisa Leslie yeah, and the we, Sparks <laughs> in the final, mm-hmm. right, and – Tell me this, uh, because you were, I think people forget maybe how great of a player Don Staley was. As far as the Charlotte Sting, the very veteran and very dangerous Don Staley. Do you believe that you are a better player of basketball or a coach of basketball? Well, since I'm a little older, I only remember the coaching. Right? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm probably a better coach um, because I, I would say – I've always been a coach, even when I was playing. Just my my position um, demands for me to to do coaching type things, um, and I think I utilized my playing days to be a better coach. Now that I'm a a coach, and I I I do feel like when I was a player, I I only got a chance to. Um, impact and be impacted by a small group of people on a team. Uh, as a coach now, I, I get the impact. I get the impact. My current players, my former players, um, the entire women's basketball community. So I think my my impact is a little bit bigger and my you know my gratitude is a lot larger because it's you know, I get to connect with so many different people. I uh, On another subject, I have a nephew that just moved to Philadelphia, and he knows nothing about Philadelphia. So I, I said, well, I'm, gonna, I'm about to interview somebody who's from Philadelphia, and so I'm going to ask her just sort of to describe it to someone who's not been there before. And, you're, and I know you've sometimes made a differentiation, I believe, in your interviews from North Philly. Sometimes you say North Philly. So what, what does that mean? <laughs> Tell nephew to stay away from North Philly. <laughs> no, okay. I mean, I, I am from North, I'm from the projects of North Philly. Temple University is in North Philly. Um, Philly is a, I mean, it's a, it's a blue collar town. Like um, you, you, you just stay in, in your lane. I, it's, the, it's the best way that I can describe it. Like if you, um, if, if you are hardworking, you're going to love Philly. Um, if you love great restaurants and great landmarks and walking around and different, you know, different, um, um, landmarks, history, you, yeah. the history of Philly mm-hmm. is, is awesome. I mean, there are some tucked away places. If you love cheesesteaks, you're going to love it. Um, it's, it's just 
Philly's a big city, so there's there's crime in Philly. We we got we got it all. We got the whole spectrum of living life, and that's the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, but if he can find a way to carve out all that's good in Philly, he he's going to enjoy it. He's going to enjoy it so much that he'll he'll probably want to stay and live there. Hmm. Every every like player that we got to commit to Temple and their parents, they were a little you know, put off by the, you know, the movement of Philly. The, I mean, it is exciting. It is, you know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of things to get into. But once they settled in, they they found jobs there. They live there now, and they, they really enjoy it. What does it mean when, a, when you say a player is from Philly or has that Philly mentality? People, I, I think you've said that about yourself before. What does that mean? Yeah, it, it just means that um, – we're ones that persevere. Like we're going to find a way um, to win. And winning isn't I score more points than you. Winning is to be able to 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 be in a space when when things are stacked against you and you don't care. Like you really don't care. Your approach is you're going to find a way. And you're going to find a way to 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 be satisfied with with whatever it's performance be satisfied with the work that you put into something. And it, it doesn't mean the results are going to be picture perfect. It's just what you put into it. And most times Philly people are very passionate about what they what they give their time to. And if they give their time to something, you, you got all of them. I remember it was when you were with the Sting that you – then became Temple's head coach, which was remarkable. Still, even now, speaking of hard work, and I don't understand how you did it, really. <laughs> like, how did you do that? You were Temple's head women's basketball coach and a full-time WNBA player. Uh, I, I wanted to do it. I think when people want to do something, they prioritize. So, you know, I'm not one that really has a, a, a huge social life. So the, the part of my social life that I would have had, you know, I'm probably working out. Um, probably my head is somewhere in 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 the game. Um, I mean, it's, it's easy once you have people around you that really understand what you're trying to do. Um, and Temple wanted to take that chance on on me continuing my my professional basketball career and me coaching. You know, obviously they saw something to me that I probably didn't see in myself, and that um, I'm probably the the ultimate compartmentalizer. Because you have to be. You have to be. Um, so I, we just hired some great people that understood it, that were able to take care of things when I was away for four or five months of the of the year. You know, but but it's doable because it's basketball. And instead of me having to go out and recruit, go on the road to recruit the recruits, we, all, we always say, come see, come see our coach uh, playing in the WNBA because ultimately that's what they wanted to do. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. So has your style evolved as a coach from Temple to, you know, 15, 20 years later now? I mean, and if so, how? Oh, my my former players from Temple, they call me Charmin. Like, like I'm soft now. Like I'm, <laughs> now you're soft. I'm soft. Oh, I I'm see. Soft. They, they caught the hard. Yeah, part. they caught the hard. Okay. I had a lot of energy when I was 30 years old. 
<laughs> um, but no, I think in in any profession, you're you're gonna you you know people evolve. You know, uh, young people are different. Um, parents are different. So you you got to be able to pivot. There are, you know, the core principle of who I am as a coach is still the same. Like it's very much the same in how I see basketball. It's just how I deal with people is a little bit different, you know. Um, I was more probably um, – Less censored in my younger years. <laughs> I'm more censored, and I have to explain myself a lot more. I have to really understand who people are, and not. And I have to be conscious of confidence levels, and I also have to be conscious of parents who they like. My parents didn't mind me failing, like because they know there are so many life lessons packed into that. Parents nowadays, they don't want their their children to fail. And it almost hurts them Hmm. because they're not living in a place where everything's going to be perfect and great. Like, and I often tell, um, I often tell my my players that I love them enough to allow them to fail. And and I tell them, don't measure me by how your parents love you because I have a different type of love. I got a tough love. I got a love of, of uh, I got a way of, of showing you love that will hopefully create longevity in in basketball and in life mm-hmm. um, because it's not going to be perfect. You're you're going to be challenged physically, mentally, spiritually, all those things. You're going to be challenged, and if you're not if you're not prepared to pivot and prepared to go a little bit deeper than you know what's on the surface. They're, 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 it's too competitive out here. It's too competitive to, you got to outfox people. People, you got to be, you got to think like the game, a player two or three ahead of the game. And that's, you got to think that way in life. And along the way, you're going to fail. Like you're, you're going to, you're going to have a bad game. You have a bad, you might have a bad week. You might have a bad month. You might have a bad season. How do you? How do you come back from that? How do you continue to get up and do that, you know, do what you do knowing that you're not getting the results you want? So, and you, you need people that, that have been there. Like, yeah, I've been there. I've navigated through injuries. I've navigated through losing seasons. I've navigated through uh, all of it. And, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a testament to Survivor. it. Survivor, yeah. yeah. So You've talked about uh, it's important to be comfortable being uncomfortable, oh, I think absolutely. is what you're saying. Yeah, right. That yeah, you got to embrace it. Like, I don't like everything about my job. I don't like yeah. everything like about what? my job. Um, doing this I interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't mind doing interviews once I'm in it um, because it is sharing my story. It's sharing. I, I know people are dealing with things that, you know, they, you know, things that they don't think I'm dealing with. What what don't I like about the job? I I don't I don't like recruiting uh, because I really haven't. Again, I'm I'm censored, but I'm not like like I don't I can't fluff it up. Mm. Like I haven't. You're honest. You've always been that. Yeah, way. Yeah, like I can't 
I'm I'm like, I'll give you the worst case scenario. And I, a lot of times people don't want to hear that. They want to hear the fluff. Like what, like at the end of my four years, you know, I want to be a first round draft pick. I want to be a lottery pick. Well, I, I, I really, that's really out of my pay grade. And it's, you know, I can only help you prepare for the next level. I can't tell GMs and coaches to, you know, to draft, to to draft my my kids. You know, if you got the top pick, the work the work comes before the draft, and um, and a lot of times, you know, young people don't know. Like, you know, you could you could be drafted, you could be drafted twentieth, um, but you could have an incredibly long career because that that team fits your style. A lot better, or you can go the number two pick, and it's not—it's not for you. It's not your style of play, and be gone in a year or two. Right. Starting that, and I, there's no way to, you know, the money's a the money's a little different to the twenty, but over the course of an entire career, twenty might be the you know the ten year career. Right, sure. Better so spot. it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say that without. Um, burst in someone's dream. Sure, but right. I got to give it to them because it could very well be what happens. Right. The worst case scenario is a, I think a phrase you've used before too. That that's you're just going to be authentic with people. I have. I, I don't know any other way. Yeah. Like I really don't know any other way. I'm, I'm a, I'm a protector of my peace. So I give people, you know, me. Mm-hmm. Some people like it, some people don't, but I think at the end of the day, um, you you at least know where I'm coming from, and that's a, that's a good place to be. Absolutely. As a receiver, as a receiver. Mm-hmm. Speaking of recruiting, I wrote a column about a month or two ago when the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> were looking for a— I read that. You saw uh-huh. that? <laughs> and I really believed it, and I, I my theory was that Don Staley would be the perfect next coach for the Charlotte Hornets. Um I know you've signed a enormous deal here, seven-year deal, and I wasn't trying to lure you away. I just wanted to put that out there because I think you could do it and do a great job. But you don't recruit in the NBA except for free agents, I guess, <laughs> or the WNBA. So, does the professional game interest you? No, it, it never, it never has, and I don't know why. Because I'm, I'm one that, you know, I, I look for the next challenge, but. To me, that really, that that isn't a challenge for me. I, I actually, it doesn't like 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 never like even when I was playing in the WNBA, um, I never wanted to, I never wanted to be Ann Donovan. I never wanted to be Trudy Lacey. I never wanted to be them like ever. Like, um, I, my passion is for young people. Okay, and I, I I would say that both leagues are getting younger and younger, um, but I'm getting older and older. And I, I more so see the light at the end of the tunnel in my career. And going to the next level from an NBA standpoint, it, it's, it takes a long time to be successful. Uh, I'm not afraid of it at all. Um, I, I think the root of, of being successful in any league is your ability to connect with the players. And, and I, I don't have an issue with that. You know, I know basketball. I don't think basketball 
changes a whole, whole lot, I think, is the people and who you connect with that, you know, if you can bring the best out of the individuals and they see it and they feel it, that's the trick. And then and then if everybody's feels the same way, they they're only gonna want to win because they're they're satisfied with how you know how their career is progressing. You've won two national championships here already, and in one of the final four interviews this year, I believe you were speaking about Connecticut, and you were like, "Well, I'm not going to get to 11 because I'm not going to be here that long." And then another time, you said, "Well, I'm not going to be here when I was." 68. Somebody was 68. Maybe it was Gino. Um, but so you're Tara's 50. 60, Tara's, Tara's 69, I maybe believe. Maybe it was that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, so you're 52 now. So how long do you see yourself doing it? I don't, I, I don't see myself at 60. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't see myself coaching either. And now, now <laughs> right. this is my yeah. 23rd year. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm enjoying it. Like, and I can say this and I'm enjoying it. Like I, I don't see myself coaching at sixty. Um, but if I if I if I get some more classes like like we've had, you know, the job is a little easier because there there's certain parts of of it that I don't have to deal with. Like I got great players and great people. I don't have to deal with knuckleheads. Like I don't have to deal I don't have an issue dealing with them, but when when the teams that I've had over the past couple of years, when they just want to win, they just want to win. They just want to be great. A spectacular performance, and South Carolina has won the national championship. Um, they just want to be pros. Like, that is probably the perfect scenario for me because sure. that's why I want to get into coaching. I want to change generations through playing the game. I think Dawn is the most important young coach in the country. She's a high-level recruiter. She's the United States Olympic coach, somebody who's ready to raise their level and continue to roll like Dawn has done. And the players that I have approach it that way, and it's, it's, it's been great. It's been great. So if our assistant coaches can get some more number one recruiting classes, I might, I might stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Sports Legends of the Carolinas. You've just heard the first half of our conversation, but there's much more to come. I just thought about sharing it with other black coaches because I know the struggle and I know what hope it brought to them and everyone, every one of them would not win a national championship. And if they can look and feel that piece of nylon, that to me is a national championship-like honor. For that, please purchase a premium subscription to our show exclusively on Apple Podcasts. And for video of these interviews, visit charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends. Staley, a three. Got it. Big bucket for the Cavaliers. I'm Scott Fowler, and this is Sports Legends of the Carolinas. This show is produced by Jeff Siner and Kata Stevens, and the director of audio at McClatchy is Davin Coburn. For lots more content and to continue supporting this kind of work, please visit charlotteobserver.com slash sportslegends and consider a digital subscription. Connect with me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fowler or by email at sfowler at charlotteobserver.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please share with a friend. See you next week.